Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey there, Hill folk, and welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. We are so grateful that you guys could join us here for another week. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed the last episode with Steve and Kyle from the Hollow Sky Podcast. Uh, Man, we had a blast. Had a blast in that one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that you guys will get as much enjoyment from listening to, listening to that one as we did having the conversation. Uh, with you, as always, your hosts, Justin, Ryan, and Lance. Boys, how y'all doing this evening? Doing good, man. I don't know how Ryan's feeling, but I feel fantastic. After good. the terrible... I guess some tragedies, some floods that have happened here in the local area. I'm sure, Jake, I know you're going to talk about in a second. Uh, and then the excitement that we had yesterday afternoon, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit as well. It's probably why Ryan's a little bit tired today. The man's a billy goat. I mean, just a straight up like billy goat. Um, For sure. Was up and down some cliff faces yesterday, uh, doing some some investigation that we'll get into in a little bit that has got me. Uh, as excited as a 17-year-old boy on prom night, I guess you could say that it's uh, we got some interesting things happening. But I remember but, so hey, you asked me how I'm doing. Hey, I'm doing good. <laughs> well, I remember firsthand exactly how excited you were as a 17-year-old boy on prom night. So this is gonna be All good. Right. And nothing right. happened. And nothing, clean. nothing happened. I was too scared. No, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Yeah, we, we went to prom together. true story (laughs) true story true story no guys uh like lance alluded to uh we're going to open up on a little more of a of a sad sadder note tonight um there's been some some devastating uh tragic flooding in our area in southwestern virginia and in eastern kentucky um, Eastern Kentucky, especially they've been hit really, really hard with some flooding. Uh, I think at last count that I'd seen today, the, the death toll was confirmed at 30 deaths, but governor Bashir had stated that 
more bodies were continuously being found. Um, there's a tragic, tragic story that I was reading about the other day. Uh, I can't remember if the family was from Breathitt County or Knott County, but it was four small children that were swept away. Um, you know, it was a, a husband and wife and, and their four children and all four children were swept away into the waters and um, all found and confirmed deceased. So you guys, if, if you're the praying type, please be praying for these, for these folks here. Uh, you know, Appalachia, us hill folk were super, super strong and we're strong willed. And, and, you know, we've talked on here before about community and how, when something hurts one of us, it hurts all of us. So in the show notes of this, of this episode, we're going to post some links, uh, some donation links that you can send some funds. Uh, there's, there's going to be links of shelters that you can take supplies to, um, you know, different towns and places that you can actually go and show up and volunteer because a couple of these towns, I mean, they're, they're practically destroyed. I mean, it's going to be months and months and months of of tough labor to get these these places back to even close to the shape that they were in before this this flooding. So again, uh, you heal folk, be be in prayer for the people in southwestern Virginia and eastern Kentucky that have been hit really hard with these floods. You know, thankfully, me and Ryan and Lance, you know, we're we're all good, um, but there's a lot of people that aren't. So be in prayer, donate if you can, if you can, volunteer if you can. But, you know, if you can't do any of that stuff, I feel like prayer is the most powerful thing that we have in our tool belt anyway. So please do that. Now, to veer away from that sad note, um, let's dive into the excitement, boys. Let's dive into the excitement. So we yesterday, went on an adventure. We went on an adventure. <laughs> we did finally go on an adventure. <clears throat> We've uh okay, so we had a couple fans of the show, a couple listeners, a husband and wife, who about a month ago showed me some pictures. We were talking about the show and they were talking about different episodes, and they showed me some pictures of a cliff rock here in the town that me and Ryan live in um, and the town that Lance, you know, did live in before he got all highfalutin school teacher mode on us and moved out to the big city of Wise. town that raised me, boys, the town that raised me. (laughs) We raised the town a few times too. But this, this couple... Uh, Chris and Melanie Byers. So if you guys are listening, big shout out to y'all. Thank you for uh, starting us on this journey. <clears throat> they showed me some pictures of this cliff rock that is up above the town. And there's, yeah, there's well, some of really, them. That's not great. I've got an iPhone like seven, so I'm, I'm 13 years behind. But I'll, I'll also put Yeah, he'll also link it in. But just if you're watching on YouTube, there's a kind of a little, it's not a great picture. But at least gives you a kind of an idea of what we're talking about. Yeah, so it's it's this it's these engravings on the cli- on the the cliff rock. 
And these engravings are, they're intricate. Like they're weird, super weird. Like they shouldn't be there. They just shouldn't be there. It, it doesn't seem, it's nothing like anything that I've ever seen ever in my entire life around this area. And I think we'd all three agree. It's totally random. Like, yeah, just completely and totally random. There's, there's totally random. Yeah, for sure. So we finally, this has been, like I said, three weeks to a month ago. And we've been planning to go up there and see this thing for ourselves to, to put our eyes on it and our hands on it. And yesterday we finally decided, you know what, let's just go. It was pouring the rain. Uh, our guide, Chris was actually gone on vacation. He gave some killer directions though, that we were able to follow with, uh, not much difficulty. Thanks to our super awesome scout Lance. Look guys, between Lance's scouting skills and Ryan's Billy goat status, there is no terrain on earth that we can't like we got it. So, and also mine and Ryan's son went with us too. So it was a cool little bonding experience for them. It's just generational thing. This is AI generational. Uh, but we get up there, you know, we find this place, we get up there, it's pouring the rain and, and guys, I'm telling just, this is just me. Like when I first seen this rock and these carvings in this rock that I, I just, I had chills. Like it was almost, for me, it was almost uh, like a little kid on Christmas morning feeling. How'd it feel for y'all? Same. It was, I think I even showed Lance, like, dude, I just got chills when we found that rock. Cause it was, it's insane. Like, and I was probably the skeptic more so of the bunch with this one. Like, I was like, ah, all right, yeah, this will be cool. Yeah, this will, whatever. It's pouring rain. Let's not go. Let's go some other time. I don't want to do this today. I got a pink shirt on. Um, <laughs> then we got down there, and I was like, holy, this is wild. And once, like all things with me, once, once I'm in, I'm in. And it was just like, this is, let's go find, this is, this is the craziest thing. One of the craziest things I've seen in our area ever. Like I saw a mountain lion one time. I've told that story on here. I almost put it in my trunk. This was cooler. This is cooler than, than, than seeing this was, it was, I don't even know. Like I'm still I was trying to process it today at work. Like, I don't know. It's just so nuts and so random, but yet the randomness is in its location, but the great care that someone or few people took to chisel, I'm assuming this, the detail that was there and the time it had to have taken. And then the, the, you know, the lineality of it, I mean, how good the circles were and it's just it was it's i know this is a word we use but it was nuts like it was a crazy crazy thing and knowing that that's here has been here for however long and i've been in you know in the area my entire life and never knew about this thing I'd never seen this thing um and then how kind of all roads kind of led us to this thing ah it's because for a guy who was yeah i'll go hang out with the boys me and ron hadn't met yet face to face it was great to see him Connor was there. I got to make fun of him a little bit. I knew it would be a good thing. Got to meet Ashton. Got to meet Ryan's son. So I was all in for going and hanging out with the boys. But once we got into this, I saw this thing. I was like, this is, 
this is absurd. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. I mean, it's it's really bizarre. Like it's it's just something. It it doesn't seem like it fits. It doesn't seem like it should be there. And that's you know, in since we've gotten these pictures, just talking around, you know, a couple guys at work that you know, a couple guys that me and Ryan work with, we're like, oh yeah, I've heard such and such talk about the these petroglyphs or whatever on the cliff rock above Hesa. And I'm like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Like, why is this not a big deal? Ah, well, you know, nobody like it's like it's it's little known. It's it's not like it's a, a well-known thing, but there have been people come across this. And there's only one guy that I know of that's taken it and done anything with it. And that was the article that <clears throat> Mel, shout out to her again, sent me last night and I sent to you boys about this guy taking this, you know, kind of piecing this, this engravings in this rock into a much larger mystery. And it's just, it's, I don't know, man. It's just so, it's crazy because guys, like I said, we're going to post these pictures we're going to post them in the show notes. We're going to post them on our socials. We're going to do these things, but the pictures don't even do this thing justice. Like, unless you're standing there looking at this, putting your hands on it, getting a feel for and, and it's just, just where it's at. Like, just the, like, the 100, what is it, Ryan? 100 foot, 150 foot drop straight down. Yeah. At least. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up there. Just the location of it. It's just, and then you walk down 50 yards and what I would call a peak rock, you come out and we didn't even know it was there. Justin's like, let's walk down here for a second and then kind of walking down and seeing what that was like and then the, the area that you could see. And I don't know. Well, you could see like the point, the main point, peak rock, like Lance is talking right here. If the leaves were off the trees, you, you know, if it was, the end of autumn, winter time, you could literally see probably 75% of the town of Hayside right now. Back in that time, or when I thought, I don't even know what time that would have been, but it almost looks like some kind of, you know, we talked about it yesterday. It looks like some kind of outpost or some kind of uh, a, like a guard tower, only, you know, a guard rock where somebody could perch there and literally watch whatever settlement was down there on the Russell Fork River at that time. And then just up from it, what, probably <clears throat> 2,000 yards or more, up the, back, kind of back up the hills. Like, I didn't even really notice it, but as we were walking back out, around, I was like, hey, let's look here. It's been a perfect place to set up camp. Like, it would have been a, a fantastic place you could have gotten away from – main sight lines had a really nice place to have a camp set up. Uh, probably it was large enough and secluded enough, but also flat enough and open enough that it could have been pretty good little civilization. And then you're just a hop, skip and a jump down where you can see everything going on. Um, then you just trek down the mountain, you're out there at the river. I mean, it would be a bit of a walk, but you know, at that point, that's what you do anyway. So I don't know. It's just the more I kind of thought back on, just not just the rock, but the whole area. I was just like, this is just, I don't know what this is. This was a perfect place to have 
like if I'm an ancient Native American or if I'm a first civilization moving in and I get to this place, I'm like, hey, yeah, this is it. I'm like, let's just let's set up here for a while and kind of figure out what we're doing. Would you boys not agree? Oh, yeah. The thing that gets me is the separation in that rock. And I mean, that far of a separation and the obvious erosion that's happening between that. I mean, for me, that would probably happen. That would take longer than just, you know, when Native Americans were just here, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things, you know, it's 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 looking at how long have Native Americans been in this area. You know, it may have not have been the the Cherokee that we know of or the Swanee that we know of. But it could have been another, you know, earlier. And that's you know, that's the thing, too. I've sent these pictures off to a lot of people like y'all don't even realize how many people that I sent these pictures off to after we got them initially. And nobody could tell me for sure what this was like. Nobody could tie it to a specific uh, people group. Nobody could say for sure, you know, anything about it, nothing. And a couple of these people, I would, I would call experts in the field in that field. You know, so a lot of them are just weirdos like us that are constantly on the search, but a couple of these people were, were experts. Well, I've also heard, well, I'll just tell this straight out. You know, we talked to Steve and Kyle from Hollis Guy last week, and I was seeing it because Steve is really, really, really into, like, Native American culture. Um, you know, he, he goes and searches for these arrowheads and, and collects these different Native American items, you know, all this different stuff. So he's taken a, a really keen interest to the these carvings you guys heard him last week you know talking about he just wants to be there and put put his hands on it like he was getting excited just talking about that so he is in a couple of these like geology forums so he's, he put the pictures on there where you have you know they're you got real geologists and, and people that are you know training in that researching and a lot of people kept saying that they were um or some people, I, I won't say a lot, but some people kept saying that they were, hold on, let me find it. Lies, Liza gang, Lisa gang, Liza gang bands. I don't know. I'm probably butchering however you pronounce that. It's L-I-E-S-E-G-A-N-G. So, Lee's Gang Bands. Now, with these bands that he was sending to me, yeah, it's it's something that happens naturally based on, like, sedimentation and all these different things that can happen with rocks over time, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and some of these these formations that happen are crazy. Like, they're, they're spirals and rings and all this different stuff that, that look pretty nuts. And if it was just the spirals and the rings, I would say, okay, maybe. But, dude, you guys, I mean, you guys can vouch for this. The intricacy of the whatever it is, the path, bridge, road, whatever that thing is that runs through the middle of all of these spirals and, and 
there's no way I, I can't think of a possible way that that could be natural. Hey, and my your doctor geologist for your lease again uh, line uh, interpretation of our picture, but uh, this was done by hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Appreciate your expertise. Like we do. We really do. We, we honestly appreciate you taking the time to look at our picture and giving us your expert opinion. But this was not natural. No. It's because it's not, it's not just rings. It's the, I, the, my first thought was when you mentioned that was the way in which the big rock that sticks out kind of at the yep. end of it was purposely left there and it's carved out perfectly around that to the shape that it's in. And that was purposely done. Like that's Mother Nature's not going to carve a ring or a circle, not even a circle, not going to a trace, I guess is the right word, the shape around that rock, the way that that line is or lines are shaped around that specific rock. And especially when the rest of the rock is completely flat and it's purposely left this protrusion rock that sticks up, you know, four or five, six inches higher than everything else. I think it's a, a landmark of something on some type of map or whatever the case may be. So thank you, Mr. Dr. G, sister, ma'am. I guess I shouldn't be so sexist, ma'am or sir or ma'am and sir, he, she, they, yeah, whatever you consider yourself pronouns, fine. We don't care. It's 2022, but this was done by hand. Yeah, I agree. This, somebody did this, not yes. nature. I agree. I have to agree. I was just throwing out the, you know, we have to play devil's advocate. That's Absolutely. what we have to do. We, we have do. to, we have to vet the things that we find and the things that we look into. More, more importantly, tell us what else you got out of that geological forum <laughs> or discord or whatever it was. Okay. So I a little, will you tell us this? I was in my chair playing video games with a couple of my other buddies. I jumped up out of my chair and like was given double fist pump like this when you sent this. My wife was like, "What are you doing, you idiot? Like, you don't have any, any idea." <laughs> the best news I've heard in a long time. So, again, I'm still talking and messaging with Steve about this rock, and just a little prerequisite to what was said in the forum when we got down there again you just there's this feeling there's this and i, I even was joking with lance and ryan I said gosh this feels like a shamanic experience you know being here on this rock the all the rain is hitting my my skin my nerve endings are firing on on all and i even tossed i think if i jumped up this cliff right now i could fly well joking about that and then i told i told my son i said Sorry, Connor. Pan just told me that this is a sacrificial rock. Um, it's like it's like the the soul stone. Like you got to get rid of something you love to get the soul stone. So we're joking about all this stuff, yeah. But we're joking, kind of based on the feeling that you get while you're there. So somebody, <laughs> while Steve is looking on this geology forum seeing what people had said, you know, trying to, you know, he's, he's investigating this as much as we are at this point. So he tells me, got another reply on the geology thread quote, this is where the old gods meet end quote. 
Hello, family. Shout out. Old gods of Appalachia. Holy crap. Yeah. Old gods of Appalachia. If you're listening to this, we love you guys. And we're going to come watch your live shows in uh, at Union High School whenever you get here. And we think that it's super, super, super awesome. The tens of thousands of dollars that you've raised for the flood relief and the victims here in Southwestern Virginia and Eastern Kentucky. So huge shout out to y'all, but we're living the title of your podcast right now. We're, we're <laughs> in it. Music, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not being facetious in any way. Like I am not expounding on my reaction in any way. When you sent that and it popped up on my phone and I looked at it and I was like, I jumped and like cheered. Like, like this was, that's what I was hoping to, that's like, I don't, we're going to talk about a couple other things that kind of go along with this too. When that came through, like that's what I was hoping for, right? Because I had shown this to uh, a couple other people and just on an offshoot, one of my, as my brother actually was like, I remember on an episode of ancient aliens, like don't the native Americans, when they have those circles with kind of middle circle and in in, don't they consider that to be portals? Like, isn't that what they, is I don't remember, I don't know why I remember that. He said, but I remember watching a couple episodes and that was what they, when they were, carve stuff or write stuff or do their drawings. Like that's what they would consider portals where like the gods would show up or how they would jump. Like even the skinwalkers, like I was like, I didn't know that, but this makes a lot of sense. Right. Because it, you look at it and then you, an hour and a half later, you send that translation. This is where the old gods meet. It's like, I was already like all the way in, but then my vet came through and then some more information that I've got. And listen, I, I this is crazy. Well, let's dive into it because in that article, <laughs> oh, guys, this is, this is, whew. okay, in the article that good friend and, and listener of the show, Mel sent us, it was a, I would, I would call him a trailblazer in the modern vernacular as, as far as putting a PowerPoint together and having it available for people to look at. But there's a local legend in our area and not only our area, but in Eastern Kentucky, Southern West Virginia, um, Eastern Tennessee. And it's the legend of the John Swift silver mine or silver cash, or the silver treasure. Either way it goes about, it's that this John Swift dude left a whole bunch of silver. Which also has ties to Silver Dollar City. Yeah. Which is what now known as Dollywood. Dollywood, yeah. So, with that, doing the research on one of the very few articles that we could find that actually ties this little-known rock to this well-known legend in our area. You know, that, that's been a chore enough because in John Swift's journals, a lot of it reads like code, to me, anyway. Like, it, it looks like it could be directional, but at the same time, it's like where the three forks of the creek meet the river, and then there's two. Like, to me, it sounds like it could be something else. It could be like code for other things. 
So I'm looking at it on this end. And while I'm digging into this whole thing and looking at it and trying to match this rock carving with other rock carvings around in uh, border states and bordering counties and all these different things, trying to piece together this, this massive puzzle, Lance comes across, and, and pun well-intended here, Lance comes across a gold mine of information. And folks, he's going to tell you about it right now. All right. So after this show and Al, let me preface this. There's a gentleman that's going to come on the show uh, that I know very well. I have known him for years. And he is a weird connoisseur, much like we are. Loves good stories. Uh, loves a good conspiracy theory. Loves to just sit and talk about interesting topics. And is a captivating speaker in his own right. Like he's one of those guys that when he talks, you listen to him because it's the way he tells his stories and the way he talks. I was explaining to him about our podcast. Um, he does some content creating of his own. Um, and when I we first got started back, you know, first of the year, I kind of hadn't told him about it because I was kind of wanting to see where it went. Um, but I knew he was a big podcast fan, and he's got a pretty good base himself. And I. I'm trying to get him to pump our podcast through some of his people. He has a bunch of people that he's kind of so I was waiting on us to, you know, to kind of get things rolling. Well, I was talking to him today about it. we're talking about summer catching up. And yada yada yada. Long story short, we get to us going to see this rock yesterday, and I showed him the picture. Now, this guy's been everywhere. He's traveled all over the place. Uh, he and his family pulled a camper, and they like last summer they traversed the entire United States, made a big loop all the way out and around over like a month, month and a half. So he's seen a lot of stuff, heard a lot of stories, and he's a connoisseur of, of good stories. He's a history buff, politics guy. He's like lots of good story. So I'm explaining to him this rock, and he's looking at it. I said, like, this, this looks really weird. He's, that's interesting. He's explaining to him where it's at. There's nothing else around. He's just kind of, he's all in, listening to what I've got to say. And then I tell him about, you know, where, where the old gods meet, um, telling that we think it looks like a tunnel at some times, looks like a bridge and some former and fashion, and then I show him the article of the gentleman correlating uh, that graphic, I guess, the stone stone picture, uh, to the to the Swift Silver Mine. And he just kind of gives me uh, an interesting look. Uh, so I stop him. I'm like, have you ever heard of the uh, of the Swift Silver Mine? He's like, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard a few things about that. And I was like, would you be willing to come on and talk to us sometime and just tell us what you know and any other really interesting story that you have? He just got back two weeks ago from the Mammoth Caves. They spent the whole week camp, camping and exploring Mammoth Caves. Man. So, and I was like, you heard of missing 411? He's like, no, what's that? I was like, okay. Right, you, <laughs> got to come. <laughs> you just need to come and just have a conversation with us. Well, maybe you should have heard about this before you went to Mammoth Cave. <laughs> But he was talking about some of the things that he saw and went on a couple of just the regular, you know, the tours that they take and just the things he saw there. And we were, I was like, ah, do you know what the Mammoth Cave really is about? And we just, so anyway, this conversation, like what it turned into was going to be a 15, 20 minute catch up, turned into almost a two hour conversation about his different stuff. Back to this Swift Silverman. So he tells me a story that I don't want to go into detail on um, because. I don't want to, number one, tell his story and not get all of the details correct. I want him to come and tell us the story um, because it is like it's one of those like it's edge of the seat. Like you're 
you want every piece of information. And I don't want to give just bits and pieces of it, obviously, and not be um, accurate. Or I, I really just want him to come tell it because it's one of those things like I was like I was locked in as he was telling me this. But essentially what it just to give the, the skeleton key version of it, his father was buying some land in Florida off of a guy um, that was a treasure hunter um, and had found some of Columbus's treasure. And that's how he made his fortune. And I was like, what? I was like, no way. Well, then he sends me the article that the Jacksonville Times wrote on him. And then he goes in to tell me that he had the, the gentleman had the guy that I'm talking to do some reconnaissance for him around the Cincinnati area in which there was supposed to be a a lot of gold buried in this place. And he had the documents. He just needed him to go to the courthouse and kind of find whose land it was to talk to the landowner. So in the process, he, he's doing this and he's just kind of, you know, not really knowing what he's doing, just kind of following this guy's instructions. And he keeps telling him there is a pile of gold buried there. I know it. And he didn't tell him how he knew it, but told him that he knew it was buried there. So he gets the land, gets the deed, finds out who's the landowner. Sits driving up to this house. I don't know these people. They don't know me. I've got this story. I've got a metal detector. I've got three papers in my hand that say, I'd like to come look at this. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen. So he goes up and knocks on the door. Nobody's home, right? So he's driven all the way to Cincinnati, which is, you know, about three hours from us. He's like, I can't just turn around and go home. I at least need to go look. So he walks on these guys' property um, and is looking around. He's got like the map, his Google map that the guy has sent him and X marks the spot, like old school X marks the spot. And it takes him a while and he's got a metal detector um, and he gets a ping, a high ping, that precious metal ping. Um, and in the process of being where he's at, he gets the deed from the local courthouse and finds out that right where the X marks the spot is, is actually a Native American burial ground that can't be touched and can't be exhumed and can't be dug up. What? He then proceeds to tell me that this other, the older gentleman that gave him this information had a variety of places all down the East Coast that he knew where Civil War, Civil, Silver and Gold was. Okay. So obviously at this point, your boy's locked in. Like, I want to know everything he's got to tell me. Um, and this is not like the guy that he's going to come on, uh, Coach Salyers, J.W. Salyers, Jeremy Salyers is his name. He's a straight shooter. Like, he's not one of the guys that's going to just like, – he's going to tell you a good story, but it's not going to be full fluff. Like, it's just going to be really captivating stuff. So I knew he's telling me the truth. Um, so he then proceeds to dive into I was like, okay, I mean, that's awesome. He's like, well, interestingly enough um, – he had some information on John Swift's silver mine. I was like, okay, all right. Like over on Pine Mountain where they, where they think it's at or whatever, you know, it's, they kind of make the correlation. And he was like, yeah, yeah, over, um, over on Pine Mountain. But it's not on Pine Mountain. I said, what? He was like, yeah. So then he walks around to my desk and pulls his phone out. I was like, here. Um, here's all the places that I've walked in a local area. I won't tell 
exactly where that's at. It's close. Um, here's the information that I have. These are the landmarks that I have. I've metal detected and been around all these places. There used to be a certain feature to the land that was supposedly the entrance of this mine, but they've built a road there since, and you can't find that anymore, so it's a little harder to find the other areas. Here's the trail that I've been on. Here's the places I've walked. Here's the pins that I've dropped. Here's the pictures I've taken. Um, this is as close as I've gotten. I've, I've got some pings on my metal detector and found some stuff, but never found the mine. All right. Then proceeds to go on and tell me that, um, do you know that little sign there by the side of the road that talks about like history and stuff? And I was like, yeah. And he tells me the name that's on the sign. And I want to get into all that because I want him to tell the whole story. There's another teacher that's sitting in there and he's like, oh, yeah, I know that sign. And then it's old Native American a chief. He was like, yeah, yeah, he was a, uh, he was hiding that silver from him because he was trying to loot it. And I was like, seriously, he was like, no, as a matter of fact, if you drive down and read the sign, it actually says that this chief was known for finding settlers. And that was one of the ways he made his living was he would come in and raid their stuff, take their stuff and he would sell it off. And that was one of the ways and he has a name, he has a sign and I see the whole thing. Um, he said, yeah, so that, that mine that's everybody thinks it's over on Pine Mountain. I don't think that it's there, or at least might be another one that's another location um, that's close to Pine Mountain, but that's not Pine Mountain. And I was like, okay, um, so you're taking me, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have somebody help me try to go find this thing. He then proceeds to tell me that if the information that he has is true, he has documents, he has papers, he has land deeds, he has. Maybe a map, maybe not a map. Um, it's like a, this is not just the silver mine, um, but in the information that he has, this is also where he was stockpiling his silver to keep it away from the local Native Americans who were trying to come in and find it. Um, on the trail that they you can walk up is actually it's called the Hidden River Trail um, because as you walk the river. Um, Sometimes you can see it, and sometimes it's underground. And he said that they would run that silver through that river down to the bottom um, so the Indians couldn't find it. He's found some interesting stuff. What? Dude. Oh, my gosh. Lance, I wish he you could have brought him on tonight. Yeah, and he told me he was like, and had I think had we had had some more time to talk and kind of had to, he would have come. He was he's he he is dying to come. He's looking forward to coming and talking to us because he wants to talk about everything else too. But you got to tell us this whole story. Like, well, I don't know. I was like, oh no, it's it's plenty of information. Trust me, you've got plenty. So as soon as you boys want to get him on here, I know in the next couple of weeks he's game. He'll he'll he's good for any night to hop on and talk to us because he has. I, I, that was just the kind of the skeleton key, right? I didn't really go into detail. Um, he has the history, like he has, he's got the receipt, as the kids say these days, um, that backs all this stuff up. Gosh, that's amazing. Um, I'm gonna have to make good friends with this guy so I can go with you. <laughs> Absolutely, no, he, I told him that we're taking things. Oh yeah, I'll take. He said, I, he said, I'm, it's been. 
seven or eight years since I've done this. I'm getting a little older now. I'd love to have fresh younger legs up to kind of go some places that, you know, he's, you know I can go up by myself sometimes and some of it's a little bit hairy and, you know, I didn't want to get fall and get hurt or whatever. So I would love to have you guys with me and we'll see if we can't find this thing. Dude. <clears throat> Did we just become treasure hunters? I think we did. <laughs> did we just become treasure hunters? That's what I want to know. Because I, in my mind right now, in my mind right now, I'm mother flipping Indiana Jones right now. I've got a whip. I've got the hat. I've got the satchel. And the guy that gave him the information has now he got pancreatic cancer and died. He was older. He died five or six years ago. Um, but like he's known as like the guy that found some treasure. Well, see, that's the thing about this John Swift treasure. Okay. There have been pieces of this silver found and they know that it's this treasure because of the dates, because of the markings, because of all this different stuff, there have been pieces found. So, the treasure is is real, regardless of if it's there in one big giant cache or if it's spaced out in different places. <clears throat> because some of the things that I've read and looked into, it talks about an upper mine and a lower mine. It talks about this big giant tunnel that had different entrances and it exits. Looks a whole lot like that uh, drawing we saw yesterday. Seriously. Are you freaking kidding me right now? You're saying, okay, hold up, hold up. I'm saying the upper, what you just mentioned with the upper and lower. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that, dude. It looks a lot like, Ryan stepped away. You know, the upper and lower mine. Upper okay, mine, Ryan, I would, I would say you stepped away really at the wrong time. Sorry, I had to piss. <laughs> I was talking about. In the documentation or, or not, the articles that I've found and read up, uh, there's a lot of theories out there. And it talks about like uh, there was an upper mine and a lower mine. There's like these tunnels, this entire tunnel system that have different entrances and exits. I said that looks an awful lot like. It sounds like an awful lot like the drawing that's on that rock. Yeah. If you can, you kind of think if it's a, a, a mine shaft or if it's entrances into a shaft of some type with you the know, people on both the little men on both sides. You know, earlier though, <laughs> when you were talking about what your brother said with Native American circles being portals, and then from each one of those raised uh circular carvings that bridge stretches in between. Yep. And that's kind of nuts now that we're talking about that uh, or <laughs> thinking in that direction. And like, this now, is nowhere near as. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, this is like nowhere's. We don't have as much evidence as the Hollow Sky Boys do with their egress industries. But this kind of feels like this is Appalachian Intelligence's version. Oh. This is this is like this is our unicorn. Great white buffalo. Did you say white buffalo? Great white buffalo. Yeah, you know, I've seen hot tub time machine. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I just, it just took me a second. It took me a second there. Dude, that's how I feel right now. Like, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of thing. Like, it's not, you know, the, their emotion of fear and stress and all this different stuff. Yeah, I'll take which, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would much rather be where we are right now. Yeah. This excitement that I'm feeling right now of becoming a, a new treasure hunter. And like, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all this in, right? And, you know, guys, you know how my brain works. And, and you know, I've, I want to know all the facts. I want to get it right. My brain, you know, why hasn't in the area that he is telling me this is potentially located? Like, why hasn't somebody found something that kind of leans to it being there? Right. Because yeah. the area is, it's not overly populated or anything like that, but like there's enough people just kind of around that you would think just kind of offhand would see something that would be kind of weird. Right. And then two thoughts kind of popped into my head. Right. Number one, people are in the woods like they used to be. We, we've mentioned that on, on here. Secondly, all the people that have looked for this silver mine. Ain't looking in this place. Like they're going over on Pine Mountain, and and this is not Pine Mountain. So it could just be simply that there's been a miscommunication or an error in somebody writing information down that has led all these people into a different direction. That's why nobody else has kind of looked where this other location is, because it's just not never been mentioned, right? And it's like every time I've ever heard of the Swift Silver Mine, I've always heard it being on Pine Mountain. Like every every time, every yeah. time I've ever heard, it's always over there in that, in that direction. And then this information comes from this legitimate treasure hunter who has legitimately found Christopher Columbus's gold. Like some of it, that's it, how he made some of his money. Like, and there was a whole article written about him. That's... He had these other locations that he's potentially, obviously not telling people he's finding this stuff, right? You can't tell people that, but no, because there were some circumstances that went down and he kind of got in and JW kind of got to know him. And it was just, you know, it's an interesting set of circumstances on how JW kind of got this information. Um, but like he's legit, right? So then he tells him, he gives him this, and it's just I, I think why nobody has found anything about this yet because nobody is looking; they're looking in the wrong place. And maybe that's intentional, dude. Maybe that's intentional because, like I was talking earlier, some of these journals, some of John Swift's journals, like it, it literally, it, it looks like it could be code. And if I don't know, man, like I just don't know. So as soon as we can and whenever we can, whenever we get time, it'll be a couple of weeks, but Debbie's going to come on and tell us the whole story. Yeah, for sure. Most yeah, there's more, there's a, there's, there's more detail, especially like history detail that I don't completely recall because I was seeing silver in my mind, right? That's all I, he was talking. I was seeing like, <laughs> You know, that's what I was counting in my head, right? Ding, you know, ding, 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 ding. You and Ryan rolling up and on this place and being like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just like us three jumping and hugging each other. And like, just, you know, it's so happy that we just found millions and millions of dollars in silver. We have handfuls of silver just throwing them up in the air, all just dancing around my, in it. Rubbing on my nipples, you know, just going to six. And then at that time, black helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> so he was telling me, and then like the, the, the historical stuff he was telling me. Um, there was another guy that was listening to us too. 
guy I coach with super dude, but he was listening. He's like, Oh yeah, that's, he was adding in. He taught, taught local history for like 15 years. So he had all these stories that he would teach, teach in the high school. He's like, Oh yeah. And he would, he was rattling off facts about this other students. All this stuff was all correct. Like they were, they were all, the story was all in different pieces, but they were all giving evidence and was all kind of fitting together as they were kind of three or four of them were talking about the stuff each, each of them knew when this guy gave a fact and this guy gave a fact and all it led to more pieces of this story. And I was just like, I was writing stuff down. like just looking around like a possum on crack. I just, my head was just snapping and I was trying to take it all in. And the back of my mind the whole time, I was like, Ryan and I are going to be rich. Like I was just the whole time just we see all this stuff kind of these synapses firing. So he said he would be more than happy to come on whenever he, whenever we wanted him to. And he would, I don't know how long I could talk. I was like, Oh, don't worry about that. And you get in there with us. You'll do plenty of talking. We have, oh yeah. We have a way oh, of loosening yeah. people up. We'll We're going to have some questions, about. mister. Yeah. And he's a conspiracy <laughs> theory guy too. He's like, oh, I'd love to talk about some of those things. And then he gives me the next big nugget. Oh, that God, that wasn't it? Not that, 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 no, that doesn't go to the story. That's oh, the of that. I don't, I didn't think I could take <laughs> it anymore. And then he gives me a neck, another big nugget. Um, I said he had just been at the Mammoth Caves. Um, and he's asking me if I knew anything about the tunnel and the Cumberland Gap because they had all, they had, he had said lived in the area his whole life and never driven down to the Cumberland Gap there on the Tennessee, um, Virginia. Kentucky border there. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty down there. I've been down through there a couple of times. I said, well, have you heard anything about the tunnel? Like, what? You ever heard of the conspiracies around the Cumberland Gap tunnel? I was like, no, nah, man, I don't know. I knew the tunnel was there and I've driven through it maybe once or twice in my life. But I don't know anything about it. How come? Well, he proceeds to tell me some interesting things about that. And so, of course, you know me, straight to Google, straight to Reddit, straight to everything else I can find to start looking for information. There was a whole bunch of evidence, boys, uh, that the Cumberland Gap Tunnel is a deep underground military base. Um, and there's that's a that from just just from the information that I found in a half an hour's worth of research, there is a whole episode's worth of information right there that we can talk about. Uh, that that is probably what what's Cumberland Gap, probably an hour and 15 minutes from me here in Wise, probably an hour and 45 from you boys. Um, and probably by the way, the crow flies maybe 20 minutes from the bunker that Scooter was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Which would in turn be another 20 minutes, by the way, that you profiles from the data center slash whatever that's right here behind the house. Which would be also not extremely far from Oak Ridge. Oh, no, not at all. And then the tiny baby hadron collider they have down there. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, I told you, boys. I told you it was good. I was was like, I was excited about getting on here. You know, no, I don't, I don't get excited about much. I was excited about this because I told you it was good. Was I, would I lie to you? I did not. No, my brain's kind of (laughs) melting. Out of all the crazy stuff that we talk about, out of all the crazy, that seems like it would be so hard to wrap your mind around. I think this, this has been, this has been the hardest for me to wrap. And it's like, it's legit. We know that 
there have been pieces of this treasure found. We know that all these landmarks exist. You're telling me this guy has documentation, has maps, has all this different stuff. I think that it's bending my mind so much because <laughs> at, at this point, it's not like, hey, we're open to all possibilities. No, we're open to probability. I think this is just more a chance of boots on ground, spending some time and getting lucky. Like, I think this is a me, you know. Well, that's treasure hunting, baby. Right. I think, you know, Dick Meadows pegged us pretty good a couple weeks ago. Ryan's the skeptic. You're the believer. I'm kind of the I don't know here. what y'all did on y'all's time. Nobody pegged me at no Dick Meadows. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> As I was saying, you're the believer, Ryan, the non-believer better. Is that better? And me, the kind of the guy that's in the middle. Like, this is like one of those things I feel like it's like if we just had the at the time, right, and some luck and maybe some equipment to scale some cliffs and things that we need to do, like, I think we would find this thing. I think it's there. I'm thinking boots on the ground, tents. Uh, camping gear. Now, like, he did tell me that when he did his searching for it back you know, years ago, he would always go when the leaves are off. One, because it was easier to see, and two, because it's his rattlesnake and copperhead infested. Yeah. If you go like now, you're, 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 it's a line, it's, it's a minefield of you know rattlesnakes and copperheads. And you go during the, in the, in the cooler, you see a little better because the leaves are gone, and you don't have to worry about those type of things kind of attacking you. Right, yeah. But yeah, I think you're right, dude. I mean, it's just that's it. Like, this is one of those things that no matter how much research we put into it, no matter what articles I bring up, while I'm sitting here on my couch, on my phone, or my laptop, it's not going to find it. Like, this is literally, this has got to be boots on the ground. And. I think we're going to have to be, dude, this is nuts. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to think. Like, at this point, I'm already like, hey, when this guy comes on, he can't share too much information because we can't wait. have other people in this. And wait till you find out where this is at. I'll blow your mind. Can you please tell me after? Not, we yes, record? I will absolutely tell you after you record. I will not tell you on there. Thank you, because I would I'm not have slept. I want to tell you on there because it's killing me. Like I want you all to know so bad, but it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, I'm just saying uh, I'm ready. Like Riley, instead of Disney, how about this? <laughs> we'll go to Disney for a month. We'll, we'll, we will potentially buy Disney. I mean, I mean, depending on what could potentially up the, up here in these mountains, we'll just buy it. We'll just call it Raleigh Land. <laughs> yeah. But now again, again, and this is where my conspiratorial mind comes in. Got to keep some stuff to our chest, close to the chest. If if this is if this is all legit, if this all checks out, then we're really. Like, we're going to have to be careful because, like I said, I've listened to 
a couple different well, I was listening to a, a treasure hunting duo, father son duo on on the confessionals on Tony's show not long, probably a year ago, something like that. And I don't remember exactly what treasure it was or where it was, but dude, they were trying to go about everything in, in the proper way. Not saying that we won't go about things in the proper way, but but when they started contacting certain authorities, they pretty much got kicked out of all the work that they had done and put in and government agencies took completely over. And they're literally in the last that I heard, they were in court battling it out. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think we're going to be in court against some of these alphabet agencies and have any chance of winning. Like our chance of finding this treasure is way bigger than that. Just think about the Lagini brothers up there on Oak Island. In the last couple of seasons of their show, how much red tape. Now, we're talking about a show that's on the History Channel. Those guys have tons of money. There's tons of backers there. They have poured millions of dollars into finding this thing. And the closer and closer they get to stuff, the more and more red tape they have to go through. And the more and more government comes in and says, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Um, which tells me they're getting pretty close to finding something. Um, yeah. They're getting that well, pushback. It's just like you were talking about this guy going to Cincinnati and having this, this high paying for precious metals and them saying that this is a, oh, this is a Native American burial ground. Well, who the frig knows, man? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe the government knows it's there. Maybe it's there for a reason. And maybe they don't want people actually finding this stuff and going in there and getting it because they want to be able to go get it. Like it's easy for them that have all the resources in the world to step back and say, okay, let's check this out. A few keystrokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's where it is. Uh, tell this guy that's a Native American burial ground. Uh, create that document. Create that document. Create that document. Date this one there. We'll show him everything we need to show him. Boom. Get out of Cincinnati. It's easy. So. That sounded really difficult, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously never worked for the federal government. <laughs> worked for the state government. Oh my gosh! No way, papers get pushed that fast. Oh, I bet they get pushed that fast if they want something covered up. I guarantee it. Think about how quick the guidestones got covered up. What? Just think about how quick the guidestones got covered up. No, what? What guidestones? What are you talking about? Those weren't guidestones, were they? What? What's a guidestone? Never heard of those. Is there? Those don't exist on this timeline. I mean. The day after the LHC fires up, they explode and then get taken down first thing the next morning with an excavator without anybody investigating anything. All of the local security cameras have been blipped or just wiped or looped. Yeah. Like totally contrary or contrary, totally different uh, accounts coming from different security cameras. One says that they seen somebody on a bicycle. One says they seen a van. One said they seen a motorcycle. One said there was nobody. Like it's crazy for these security cameras catch all this stuff. <laughs> Which one of those security cameras is labeled disinformation? All of them, or just the first one? My vote is all. <laughs> D. All of the above. No, dude. This is 
like I don't even know. And folks, listen, just for I forgot you guys were even listening or watching at this point. Like literally, I forgot y'all even existed, which I shouldn't have, because if we find this treasure, y'all find this treasure because we're in this thing together. Okay. Appalachian intelligence and the hill folk. We're in this whole thing together. This is one big happy family. By that, he means we'll put out more content because we'll have more time because we are definitely keeping the money. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll be able to be a little more generous, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. But not this, like, okay. For y'all out there listening, <laughs> you're going to have to stay tuned. You're going to have to hear from this guy coming on. You're going to. Gonna have to stay tuned and find out when we do get like, like I don't even I don't even know. Like I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do right now. I'm ready to just pack up and go wherever we need to go. Was I have been since 10 30, 11 o'clock this morning when we had this conversation. I've been through the rest of the work day. We had practice after school. Like I've been jazzed up to come in and tell you boys this because that's just it's just it's just it's such a crazy story. Oh, wow. Nuts. I don't know. We had we had something entirely different planned out there, y'all. We planned on coming on this episode tonight and talking about different timelines and, and alternate realities and stranger things and uh the guidestones, you know, a lot of things that have happened since the LHC fired back up. We had totally different plans for tonight's chat. And I feel like, you know, as interesting as all that stuff is, <laughs> this is the timeline that we're freaking treasure hunters. That's what matters. Yes. <laughs> this is exciting. Dude, I don't even know. Um uh, this is Justin signing off for good. Full time treasure hunter. <laughs> oh man! There's and again, like I'm not just trying to gas up our the episode. Like there's a lot more to this, a lot more detail to the story, historical detail, and other details to the story that like yeah, I just simply I remember them, but I don't remember them in exact as good as he could tell them. Obviously, because he obviously has lived the story. Um, like this is as captivating as I think that was. I think that it was. I looked down, it's 11. I had no idea it was already 11 o'clock. I didn't I was the one telling what was going on. Um, I like well, I'm talking, he was two hours and I was locked into the stuff. And then you start getting some of the like the local historical figures that, like, you know, do you know how you have signs on the side of the roads? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, like those, those names are on those signs. It talks about some of this stuff. Like, it, there's a lot more stuff here that's like, Man, this is wild. That I can't wait for him to get on and talk to us about. And he's just a great dude. I th- you're, you guys are gonna love him. Oh, I already love him. I already love him. I don't even have to talk to him to love him. I love him right now. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I wish we had him on tonight. That's well, fun. and it's just, oh, man. I'm ready for boots on the ground on this one. Let's, you know, while Justin's gone, there wouldn't be anything wrong with scouting. Absolutely know? not. 
scouting. Tell you where this is at when we put up here, and you're you're in the close area. We'll meet and at least go look. You know, just have to at least you know go look. Yeah. Possibly take some drones around or something. <laughs> Maybe you just walk up a little ways and see if we see anything, and then keep going, and then find the treasure. And Justin's not here, and it's just our treasure. He did. It was a wash, man. It was all bullshit. He did say earlier, Ryan and I are going to be rich. <laughs> I caught that too. I was like, oh, uh, it, it, I was just excited. Ryan and I and, and JK, all Justin, all of us will be rich together. I thought we were going to like sacrifice a ginger or something to get this trade. <laughs> if we have to, we have one to sacrifice. Yeah. So that's, that's all that matters. We can see you shaking your hand. Yeah, we kept talking. We saw that you froze. Good. Well, on my end, it was you two that froze, but it said your internet connection is unstable. What I was trying to say was earlier, Lance did say Ryan and I are going to be rich. And I said before you froze, I was just excited. I didn't mean. Oh, no, 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 no. I see the writing on the wall here. I may, we may have to sacrifice a ginger, and we've yeah. got to sacrifice the ginger. <laughs> I told you this is a sacrificial rock. <laughs> I knew it. No, it's okay. It's okay, Justin. JK. It'll be okay. JK, ha ha. JK, ha ha. JK, ha ha. Boy, this is a hip, hip, yeah adventure right here. Like, oh, this, is, this is, oh, man, I don't even... I don't even know. I'm just, I'm going to say this, like you guys can go out and do all the scouting you want to do. You can go check everything out in this week that I'm gone to Orlando, but I'm telling you right now, I already have FOMO pretty bad. Okay. You guys know this. Both of you know this. If you find this treasure without me, (laughs) I'm going to be so upset. It would just imagine you getting you're in you're in Orlando just having a good time. It's awesome that you guys should get to go. It's we're, we're tickled to death that you get to go do that. Just imagine you're at Disneyland. Just this picture for a second. You're at Disney World. Disney World Disney. Which one's down there? Disney World. Disney World. You're at Disney World. Princesses are in the background. Riley's having the time of her life. Family's having the time of their life. Cell phone rings. It buzzes. You pick it up. FaceTime. And it's a CIA agent. It's a CIA agent that says, I got Ryan and Lance in the back of my hand. I need a Try to derail my story, but wait till this actually comes true. (laughs) FaceTime, back to what I was saying. FaceTime video. Will you accept the call from Justin, from Ryan and Lance? And you say, I have to. They may be dead. There may be something wrong. The CIA may have them. So you answer, accept the call. It takes a second to clarify because you're in the place where there's millions of people and all of them using the cell phone. So it takes a second to get the connection good. So it's a little bit cracky, a little bit fuzzy. You can't really tell what's going on. But then it comes through. It's clear. And not only is your cell phone clear, it's clear in your mind. But you're in Orlando, and Lance and Ryan are millionaires. <laughs> and I'm just Peter dancing over a pile of silver. <laughs> and 
and there ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> See, I was I was picturing this totally different as you were saying. I was picturing this totally different. I was picturing <laughs> this is how my mind works. I was picturing I press accept call when Lance and Ryan are FaceTiming. And just like you said, because there's so many people there, signals so choppy. It's coming through, but it's like glitch. It's just bits and pieces is all that I can see. Okay. So I can see just a little bit every now and then. It's like, you're like, "Eh, uh, oh, and you're super excited. But one of the frames that I catch is you holding up a handful of silver coins. Okay. You're holding up this handful of silver coins and you're like, your eyes are wide. Your mouth is open. And in the next frame, I see Ryan up behind you with this giant club, with a giant club, and he's coming down at your head like this. And then I'm like, no, and I'm screaming, but you can't hear me because everything's glitching out and framing. He wouldn't and do that next, to me. He would. The next, the next frame is just Ryan's face like this, looking out <laughs> the phone, and then it goes black. He wouldn't do that to me. No, I would never show my face on camera after I just killed someone. <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> but no, no I would never do that to produce your hands on it. <laughs> Who the hell is going to help me carry all that out? <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. You got to wait till you get it all in the vehicle before you take him out. <laughs> Good heavens. What was I thinking? Uh, I don't know, boys. No. I don't know. I didn't expect when we started this Appalachian Intelligence podcast that we would eventually, what we are, what, what are we, eight months in, seven months in, that we'd get a story like this with this much evidence and this much like backing. But here we are. Yeah. All, because, that's, all because three guys started a podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's it, dude. All because three guys came together and started really talking to people, like really talking to people and talking to them about things that we find interesting. Not just talking to a couple people, you know, the same people every single day, but spread just like like I kept saying last week, and I can't stress this enough. We're continually building a tribe. And in building this tribe, you're talking to so many people that have so much knowledge about the area, about the legends, about the folklore, and not just people here, people from different parts of the country and world. Like, it's just, I'm with you, man. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that a few months down the road, we just decided to to sit down and start shooting the bull over dumb stuff, weird stuff. And we're literally right here. And look, you, you heal folk out there listening. You might be like, these guys are stupid. They are getting insanely fired up for something that probably has absolutely zero merit. But I'll tell you this. I've known Lance for a really, really, really long time. Really long time. Okay. We did something together that only one other high school baseball team had ever done. Okay. We won a region championship 
And while the entire team was going nuts, jumping up and down, hooping and hollering, high-fiving, going crazy, your boy Lance was totally calm, straight-faced. He was I mean, he was happy. I don't think that I've ever seen him this excited about anything in my entire life. In the 15 years plus, probably, right? Yeah, shoot, God, yeah, 20 years. How old are we? God, we're old. That's more like 20, I'd say. 20 years. Good God, I didn't realize we were that freaking old. Anyway, moral of the story here. I've never seen him this excited about anything. Not. So he has information that he's still holding out on us, no matter how deep this has went. And I, that, that's what makes me so excited about it and why I think, you know what? This is probable. Yeah. Absolutely. I've already got it in my mind. We're, we're, we're going to find it. Put oh, that, yeah. You put that out there in the universe. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. Yeah, we already found it. I mean, it's just a matter of going collecting it right now. It's found. It's it's found. F-O-U-N-T. <laughs> found. Found it, babe. Found it, babe. Well, guys, we're going to have to end this thing so I can find out uh, where this place is. Sorry for you guys out there. You'll find out eventually. Uh, We're an hour, and I mean, you you guys have got your content in for this. We went went 2.30 last week. We can cut this one after an hour and a half. We went went 2.30, and uh, oh, yeah, this is free, so you don't get to say anything. (laughs) It's hard to No, um, one thing I do want to do before we get off here, we have had a couple five-star reviews and I was, I was going to do that at the beginning of the show. And I actually, it slipped my mind with all the things going on with the flooding and all of that stuff. Um, it's time for five-star review. Shout out, 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 out. Yeah. You were a little too early. I didn't get to them yet. That was anticlimactic. It was very anticlimactic. <laughs> okay, do it again right now. It's time for five-star shout-outs. Out, 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 out. Okay, this latest five-star review and shout-out goes to Bino777F. It says, great show. As a native Eastern Kentuckian, now living in Alabama, in the foothills, I might add. I love hearing stories from people from back home. Keep up the great work. So, Bino777F, thank you very much for the five-star rating and review. You don't even realize how much that helps us out. We really, really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Bino. One more thing. Because I told the guy that I would do it. This isn't a five-star review, but it is an email that we got recently. And I wanted to read it and shout it on here, number one, because he listens on Spotify where you can't leave reviews. Get it together, Spotify. Get it together. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Stupid. Just get it together, Spotify. I'm I'm about to pull it off Spotify. 
Joe Rogan. We got to talk to Joe Rogan. Slow your Email Joe. Tell him to get that fixed. Uh, I'll get with him. Appreciate it. <laughs> so this is from Larry Acord. Um, it says, gentlemen, I just wanted to drop you an email to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. It is a unique blend of the paranormal and good old Appalachian culture. From someone whose people come from West Virginia and the coal fields of southeastern Ohio, I identify with both the culture and the inherited belief of the paranormal that y'all talk about. Keep up the good work. Here's where he lets you know. I gave you a five-star rating on Spotify, but could not find a place to write a review, so I thought I'd send you this email of encouragement. This is the podcast for all hill folk, hill jacks, hillbillies, ridge runners, rednecks, and peckerwoods who have an interest in the things that go bump in the night. Keep oh, up the good man. Keep up the good work, Larry. Appreciate that, Larry. That's awesome. Thank you, Larry. Larry, I responded back to you in email, and I'll say it on here, just like I said, it's probably the coolest email that I've ever received in my life. It was awesome. So thanks for that encouragement, and thanks to all you guys out there. Remember, that helps us out tremendously to rate and review this show. It makes us more accessible and noticeable to others out there um you know we're just we're trying to continue to grow this thing man and we can't do it without you guys so we love you we appreciate you again be thanking and praying for all these flood victims in our area in eastern kentucky we love y'all hey see you next time see y'all later (laughs) Rye, Lance, love you boys. Love you fellas. Love you guys. Until next time, heel folk. We'll see y'all later. Mm-hmm.